Hello and welcome everybody to the Writing Sparrow podcast. Today's chat um, worries me a little bit because we're talking about how to pounce your entire book and I know nothing about this. So <laughs> welcome Salin Shaw and thank you so much for telling me all about this because I, I have I'm gonna level with you I have nothing. <laughs> well I am glad to help. I know a lot of people are on one side or the other but it's and I know you did the whole the plotter one earlier so this is a nice other side to it. Yes so if you listening missed it last week we had to chat with Emma Breedis about how to plot your book so today it only felt right that we also talk about the evil cousin that's pantsing. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, this is going to be really fun because, as I said, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing with pantsing. I have tried it once and I can talk us through my really fun experience with this in a minute. But I would much rather hear from someone who knows what she's doing with this first. So, so can you talk a bit about how you approach pantsing your whole book? So it kind of depends what type of work you're working on whether it's a series short story novella standalone in the shorter ones the short stories that I've written I just kind of go into it knowing the general vibe and the characters I'm looking to add into it so I wrote one that was a 10k forbidden stepson stepfather I knew their relation and that there was going to be some sort of trauma and that they were going to end up being together. And that was it. That is what I knew. And I just kind of jumped into it and started writing. I didn't know anything else. I didn't have any real plans for it. I just went and the characters decided what was going to happen. That terrifies me. <laughs> it's definitely easier well, on the shorter ones because you don't have to like oh, I need to like make sure I come back around to this. This is just like, this is 10K of words. I can word vomit and it is fine. You know, weirdly enough, I think I found it even harder on short stories. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not like I successfully pounced anything. But, <laughs> but when I, yeah, when I first started writing short stories, particularly for anthologies, I realized that the reason I was struggling so much is because I didn't have a plan. So once I readjusted my usual outline template to work for a short story, it started going much better. But I actually struggled a lot. Like I literally had no idea what to do or where to go. So for me, it's kind of the other way around. That's It's crazy how different everyone yeah. is. Um, I will say it is a little harder to write like the sh the really short ones because you need, especially for anthologies, because you need to condense it and get all the background in a way that doesn't add chapter upon chapter and everything. It it's it's a different, completely different writing a short story versus a standalone or a series. Um, yeah, and I mean that's true. To be fair, whether you're pantsing or plotting, if you haven't <laughs> tried writing a short story yet and you feel like challenging yourself, then I think you'll see that it's actually quite hard. <laughs> you might even find it harder to do than writing a full novel, because as you said, you have to get to the point so much quicker. You don't have time to really 
talk about background or anything that's happened previously you don't have time to really develop anything you just need to get to the point now mm -hmm. yep and i have a lot of friends that are pretty wordy and it's <laughs> they're st they struggle pretty hard with the shorter ones because they can't be wordy when you have a very specific word limit you have to you have to condense it and you, you, is mostly to the anthologies but if you really want like you said like if you want to challenge yourself go and give yourself a 10 15k word limit and write a full story and see how difficult it can, can be whether you're a panster or a plotter it's gonna it's gonna be a new challenge and it's probably a pretty good writing uh, what would it be just like a a fun little practice to see where you are in your writing. Yeah, it's a really fun challenge. And I would actually um, dare you to go even a little lower than that. Um, the lowest mm -hmm. word count that I have for an anthology has to be between three and 5,000 words. And the 5,000 is a hard max. We can't wow. go over that. And I'd say if you're approaching 10,000 or more, you're almost approaching more novella or novelette territory. So you're mm. almost not really in in a short story region anymore. There was one I'm handing in, um, which is almost 40,000 words, and there's no part of me can still call this a short story. So <laughs> that does not work. So, yeah, if you haven't done it before, try to see if you can write a story in about three to 5,000 words. And by the way, a story that you're telling in just 100 words is called a drabble. Enjoy. That's a fun fact. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> okay, so I talked about like writing the short story. The novellas and standalones are probably pretty similar because there is a quite a wide range of what constitutes a novella, and, like word count wines a novella to a full book. And I know everyone has their different opinions on it. You can look all over the internet mm -hmm. and there's all sorts of different word counts for everything um but for me they're probably pretty similar I know the characters I have a general idea of whether like I know whether it's going to be paranormal or RH um, reverse harem or if it's going to be MF MM whatever I tend to do more FF MM or some sort of poly relationship so I know I'm going there I might have a single scene that I'm like, I, I want to get there. That is the one scene that I want to add into this book. So I'm either working up to it or I'm working after it. So I will write to that scene and I'll just write until I'm like, oh yeah, this, this scene now fits here or I'm, I'm working toward it or I might know the ending and I'm then again working toward the ending. But I don't know when, why, how we're getting to any of these places. I just go and write and see what happens. It uh, does work quite differently for pantsing or um, being a planster for a series. The first book you can, I kind of just go with it and see what happens. But once you get to the second, third, fourth book, there are things you have to come back to things you have to put that little like nice little bow on, re-mention, fix, whatever. So you have, you, I still don't know when or how it's going to happen, 
but I know something along those lines needs to happen. So I'll have like a list of things I need to hit, but my list isn't, oh, this like super detailed thing. For this last book I wrote, it was like, these two people need to have sex. These two people need to have a fight. And um, I want a POV of this random person, stuff like that. So it's, it gives me like these checkpoints that I, I know I need to hit in the book, but in no way is it detailed or do I know any information <laughs> on it. But it gives you somewhere to go. So if you were to get stuck at some point, you would know, okay, well, I'm not entirely sure what to do right now with the story, but we haven't hit this point yet. So mm-hmm. I guess we can now try going there. So it's, it's still something that helps you stay focused and in the story. Exactly. I don't really do this for book one, but I do do it for the books after it because I do need to hit certain things. And um, like I said before, I I will have a scene or the ending that I want to hit on. Um, For this last one, I didn't really know anything besides the ending. So I was just, it was just a bunch of trauma, a bunch of depression, and then we were coming up on the ending. And I knew what was going to happen there. So everything was just how, what do I need to write and what makes sense for the characters to do and how do I get them there? But everything is kind of chapter by chapter for me. Once I start, once I write the first chapter, I might, going forward, I might know the next chapter or two, maybe, max. (laughs) It's something. again it's not even an oh I know exactly what's going to happen it's a I I kind of know what the POV is going to be maybe but it could completely change by the time I get there so we don't (laughs) really know Uh, it's it's a lot of fun because like the characters get to just speak for themselves it has nothing to do with me it is all them and they are making the decisions And to be honest, I think that's possibly the best way to approach it, because really your story is going to be about your character's journey. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. to make it about them and for them to take the reins. And this is actually really interesting because I write in, well, I don't want to say exactly the same way, but I think we have actually a very similar approach, even though you call yourself a panzer and I call myself a plotter. <laughs> but I think you definitely have some plotting elements in there. And I know I'm def- I definitely have some pantsing elements in mine. And um, I won't go into a lot of detail now on how exactly I approach my outlines, because we've done this in last week's episode. And I don't want to repeat myself or everyone who's going to listen to both. But to keep it short... um. I have an outline, but then if my characters decide that they want to ignore some in, something in there and go off in a completely different direction, I let them do that. And <laughs> it's so much fun to see where you can end up that way and what kind of plot twists you end up with and just generally the kind of direction that your story can take. So I think we actually approach this in very similar ways, except you have like the lighter version of it and I have the slightly more outlined version of it but once we start Mm -hmm. writing we do this in a similar way yes it's i'm definitely feel more like i'm a a planster but again it depends like if a series definitely more planster in the shorter ones where i'm just going in for fun and like i don't really know anything definitely more of a panster like i i know the characters and that's it but for series more the 
the planster side. And I, th- I feel like everyone has a little bit of a mix. If you yes. are a strict, I only ever plot and I go with the plot, the plot is what's happening, you possibly lose a chance to let your characters shine and do what they want to do if you're forcing them. To, I've, I've seen this a few times mentioned on Facebook and places where they're like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. It's like, well, you now know your characters. Let them make, make a decision. And then you can go and replot your like the, uh, the entire ending of your book. You can redo that. But at some point, if you get stuck, you just got to you know, let your characters do what they want to do. Just yes. let them lead the story. I completely agree. And I'm so glad you said that because normally when this comes up on this podcast, I'm the one who starts this argument. So I'm really happy it's come from someone else for a change. And um, just to reiterate again, if you know your characters, you can't get stuck because all you have to do is say, all right, well, what what would you normally do in this situation? And then you just go and write that. It's not really up Mm -hmm. to you anymore once you start writing. It's entirely up to your characters. Exactly. And anytime I am stuck, it's usually because I'm in the wrong POV or I'm starting in the wrong part of the scene. The second I, I go through and I'm like, all right, who who is speaking to me? Who feels like they need to be the lead next? The second I decide that, everything starts flowing a lot better, which is, uh, you know, that's a whole other conversation of whether you have <laughs> multi-POVs, a single POV. Most of mine are multi- I think I've lost you there. Can you still hear me? Can I bump this scene like five oh. minutes back, five so minutes forward? Can I just stop you for a second? I've lost you there a moment ago. I think we've lost about the last 30 seconds or so. Can you just retrack a bit and basically repeat yourself for a bit? Sorry about that. No problem. Um. Oh God, what did I say? <laughs> You you were talking about um, multiple points of view, so single point right. of views, and how what do you decide what's right for your book? Right. Yes. Okay. So um, it is an entire like separate conversation of whether you have single POVs or multi POVs. Personally, mine tend to be multi POVs, but I do have a couple that are single. And when I'm writing my multi POVs, if I am stuck, I realize that it is due to a the wrong POV choice or the wrong starting point in the scene. If it's just a single POV, it tends to be just the it's you know just the latter. Like I'm starting in the wrong wrong part. If it has to do with the POV, I go through my entire list and just kind of see like, all right, if this person was starting the scene, where would they start? What would they be doing? What they, would they be thinking? And one of them tends to just hit right. And it makes sense. And then my writing starts to flow a lot better. So that's like, if I get stuck that I know that's what it's doing is that I am trying to force my characters or and that specific character, character that I've chosen to be the POV, then I'm forcing them to try to do something. And that it really like stunts my writing. And so I just, I switch it. I just go find somebody else to write about. <laughs> yeah. Always ask yourself with every chapter you write, if you do have several points of views, um, points of view, point of views, um, who the character is who has the most to lose in that chapter, because that's where the most tension is going to be and um, the most interest. So that's, that's who should be leading that chapter. As a side note. 
that's a really interesting point because sometimes for me like that's exactly who I go with the person that's going to be hit the hardest but sometimes it's really fun and interesting to write the person who is the most on the outside oh yeah so absolutely. for me it's it's not always who is going to be affected the most it's going to be like who is going to push the story forward the most because sometimes you don't want the want the uh, readers to know what is exactly happening with those two characters over there that are being spied on you want you want like the snippets just to, like put a little little breadcrumbs right here because it makes the most sense oh yeah it's always good to feed the secrets a bit more in your stories and if if there is a good way to add a bit more tension or to enhance the tension then that's probably going to be a good thing to do yeah yeah, it's, it's just very complicated. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I don't normally think too hard about um, whether I want to have multiple points of views or just the one. I normally fall into it just based on the story that I've probably mm-hmm. half plotted by that point and who I feel has the most to say in that story. Mm-hmm. So most of mine have been multiple points of view, but now my um dark urban fantasy paranormal romance slow burn um it's a crime that's not a category on amazon it's all catchy and quick to say um um, that's that's bizarrely uh just the one point of view which is different for me but uh, you know because there's going to be a lot of characters in there so you'd think it would automatically be or lend itself to be multiple points of view but that's just not how it worked out um, I think it's my so my epic fantasies that have more than one point of view. But then my Bloodless trilogy only had the one. So I basically never know. <laughs> yep, I that the two that I have that are single POV, I didn't know that going in, but then I got to chapter two and I was like, this doesn't feel like a multi-POV one. This feels right if I am just in this one person's POV the entire time. Plus they're both anthology pieces and not having the second POV made it a little bit easier to keep it shorter. Yes, I can imagine. (laughs) There's one that I've just written for an anthology, which is, it's a bit different for me because um, I've got, I've got one POV in first person present tense. And then the second one is in third person past tense. And when when I realized that this is just what makes the most sense for the characters, I had a little moment where I thought, can I even do that (laughs) in a story? Like, is that allowed? But actually, lots of books have done that. So it's not like I'm breaking new ground. But, you know, I discussed it with the organizer and she said it's fine. But, (laughs) um, yes, that was a new thing for me. And that definitely wasn't planned. But that's just how the characters felt the most natural to write. And I did try writing each of them in the other tense and in the other um, point of view, but it just, it didn't feel right for those characters. So this is what we've done. And I think this is how it flows the best, but it was a weird thing to realize. And it felt like I was breaking some kind of rule by doing that. There are just so many rules and I, I ignore (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, this makes sense. Other ones, I'm like, this just, this is very arbitrary. This is just something somebody randomly decided or did one day. And now we have considered it a strict rule when it really isn't. 
Yeah, and the beautiful thing about self-publishing is that you can really push those rules and just try something that maybe traditional publishing isn't entirely comfortable doing yet mm -hmm. and maybe will never be. But, I mean, if you have critique partners you trust and, you know, you have an editor you really get along with who absolutely gets your vision for your stories as well, then this new thing you're trying, you can easily discuss with those people and see what they think if if they tell you that it works or, you know, maybe it really doesn't work. But it's absolutely worth trying. A hundred percent. Like always try it and see what happens. Because even if that doesn't work, it might spark other ideas. And you might be like, hey, this right now doesn't work, but I can tweak it in a way that'll fulfill what I want to do with what people are going to enjoy. Absolutely. So you said something earlier about um, normally how when, when you start pantsing a book, you, you know a few small things like the genre, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've seen people around on social media who said that they've started writing a book and they don't even know what genre it's going to be yet. And I'm sitting here thinking, how can you not know what genre you're writing? Yes, it is insane. Like the the guy I mentioned to you, whose name is just Dean something, can't remember it, um, whose seminar we went to. And he goes into a book not knowing the genre, not knowing the characters. He literally knows nothing. He doesn't know the length, tense, nada, not a single thing about the book. And he just sits there and starts writing. And that is the most like pantsers, panster i've ever met yeah i i can't i mean i can't even wrap my head around how i would approach that and this is honestly the problem that i ran into when i started writing for anthologies because this is what i was trying to do until i realized that i can totally still have an outline for this as well but mm -hmm. it just it i i can say for myself that it does not work for me at all because i i don't think i've ever just stared at as hard at my screen without any idea of what to do with this or all, all this blank space yeah i like not knowing that just is in i how how do you start that like i i feel like i'm like a pretty good pantser plants for most of the time and then somebody comes and says that i'm like i but the genre, like, you know what genre you usually write in, right? Like, you you have your niche. What is that? And it just, it is mind-boggling how yeah, there, much there, there are a lot of people is. online who will tell you that the thing you're doing, you're doing it wrong. And this is probably, yeah. in most cases, it's not the case. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that just because, you know, the genre that you're writing in, that you can no longer call yourself a pants. I mean, that's so wild to me. I mean, if, surely you need to have some kind of starting point. And if you've written for any length of time and you've probably been a reader before that, um, you will know what genre you're most drawn to. I can't imagine just sitting down without any plan and just knocking out a historical fiction out of nowhere because that's just not the kind of genre that I'm normally drawn to. If I'm sitting down to write, it will be some form of fantasy. And it just, I feel like you, like going in when you start writing the book, there are slightly different ways that you word things, say things, and set things up, whether you're writing like paranormal or contemporary. There are just very small differences where you can pick up a book and you should kind of get the feel of what it's going to be. I have read a book where I was half of the book in and still didn't know 
if it was going to be contemporary paranormal. I didn't know what paranormal creature we were dealing with. And it was very confusing. Is it 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 felt like both and like the person was trying to like fight with themselves whether or not it was going to be something. And like it was under paranormal romance, but it it didn't feel like that. I think when the author ends up really struggling with it and they don't really know where they are going, then that you can really tell that at times when you read it. Unless it really gets edited a lot and really well. Um, I think if that initial feeling of confusion and being lost is, is still there, I think you can feel it. I think you can tell. Yeah, exactly. Like you, when you're reading, you can feel a bit of what the author is doing, what their intention is, how they're writing. And you just you just know, and if you don't know, it, it's is the author doing it on purpose, or are they also confused while they are writing? This was a, a long time ago, and <laughs> it, I, but it it stuck with me because I still am just like I had no idea, and even now, like when I read, I like you you can just pick up those small things where you can identify it as this is most likely going to be contemporary this is most likely going to be fantasy or paranormal or whatever it is because of the wording because like if you pick up a book yeah. you probably know it's historical romance the second you open that book you should sure. know and if you don't know yeah i mean probably even before that because the covers for different genres yeah. are going to be so different yes that's it yep I mean, pe people always say that you don't judge a book by its cover, but we absolutely do. I don't know who said that we don't do that, but that's a lie. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think any cover designer can tell you that the cover for a historical romance is going to be very, very different to a military sci-fi, and you can absolutely <laughs> tell the genre by looking at it. Um, yes. And by the way, I don't want this to sound like we're saying that you shouldn't pants a book or that you shouldn't write your book with some kind of plan. You absolutely can um and i still want this episode to be for you <laughs> um but I, I, I mean just in my experience from talking to people who have pants books you guys are also more likely to get stuck and eventually just draw a blank because you have no idea where you're going so on the <laughs> editing side i'm wondering how often do you feel like you've just shot yourself in the foot because you've set something up early on then completely forgot about it and then you effectively had this paradox or some other massive plot hole because you started writing something then forgot to come back to it um, because you went in without a plan and then basically just gave yourself a lot more work to do in the rewrites. So this isn't a massive problem for me, but I know it is for other people. Um, I have not had this issue. One, I do have a great team, but two, for whatever reason, I just store all of the information in my brain and mm -hmm. I don't really ha have, like, th there are certain parts where it's like, you mentioned this, like, you know, their eye color and whatever small little things, but I haven't had this like massive plot hole that I've had to like plug up with random world building. Um, I don't do too heavily on the edits. My final piece, like whip, to final piece is probably at least 90% the same. It like, you know, absolute lowest is 90%. It, I, I don't know. I don't go into it thinking like, oh, we need to like excessively change everything or add whatever. 
I just do it and it it happens. Um, but I have talked to other people who they just they, they write and they just kind of it's really complicated. Yeah, How I yeah. Write is I, I when I'm writing, I'm thinking about what everything that has already happened and what needs to put be put here and what do I need to add? What can I add to like add something like interesting for later? I am constantly thinking about all of these things. Like even though I'm not writing it down and plotting, I am making a mental note of this needs to come back at some point in the series. But I also know people who will have plotted and done everything but then as they're writing they aren't going back and doing simple edits or thinking about uh, thinking about the same things that I'm thinking so when they're finally done they have all these like little holes and these areas that are like really jumbled so I am constantly editing as I go and so these little these plot holes aren't as big of a deal when I'm doing that I this last book I did rush it and so like the second half of it there were definitely more things that I missed or like random little tiny errors so I think it also depends like how fast are you writing and um I do have a friend that writes like excessively like so fast I am extremely impressed by her but she has to go back a little bit more because she writes so fast and so there are more things that are being missed yeah and I mean I'm quite happy that you said that really because things like that you know you can have issues with that whether you pants or plot your book um I think when obviously when you pants because you don't have a plan necessarily going in it's easier to get hung up on things or just stumble here and there because you didn't have a plan but when you plot if you have problems sneaking in early on in your outline and you don't notice them then then chances are you'll end up writing the whole book and you still won't notice them. Because as we all know, when we try to self-edit, our brain just kind of skips small parts because we know what it's supposed to be. And um, this is why we end up missing it. So I think, you know, plotters are definitely not immune to this. Um, But it's kind of the same problem, but just they they manifest in slightly different ways. It's just always interesting because everyone, every single person is different. Like there's going to be plotters who like it works 100% of the time for them because they know every single detail. And then there are pantsers or like, or planters or whatever that um, also don't have any problems because it works really well for them. And that like they, both sides won't have any plot holes or errors or problems with moving forward because that is exactly what they need to do for that book. But there are the people that, both sides, middle, mix, whatever, that no matter what, they're going to come up to a point where they're they're lost or something changed or it's not working the way they want it to. So yeah, like it doesn't really matter whether you're a plotter or a panster, you're at some point you might get stuck. And it's just a different way that you're getting stuck. Um, I guess for me, I don't really have the problem of, oh, I'm stuck because I don't necessarily know where it's going um I get stuck because of the, it's just the wrong POV I I will say that the parts where I generally ha- struggle are right about about chapter five don't know why oh. but about <laughs> chapter five and then right after the middle those are the two parts where I can cont- consistently get stuck 
and, and I always... know I know you're not alone in this. I know there are lots of writers who tend to get stuck around the middle because the middle can be difficult. <laughs> well, it's, it's always right after like something big has happened, and it's kind of like okay now what because it's like <laughs> which pov do i need to go in it's not necessarily like oh i don't know where i'm going it's the who needs to be first which one is going to make the most sense for the next scene and it, it sometimes it takes a few days to like sort through like okay if i did this character what would what would happen and where we go from there so it's it, it comes back to the which pov issue yeah <laughs> um Oh, I was going to say, yeah, we were saying earlier that you can't really get stuck if you know your characters well enough, because then you can just refer back to them and see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But I think especially right after the midpoint, because it's normally such an intense moment, your characters might not really know how to proceed either. You know, your characters exactly. might just have gone through some kind of trauma or they might just have lost someone important to them. And it's you know maybe something really great has happened and they think incorrectly that they are now safe and everything is fine but either way your characters might not really be in a situation themselves to go oh yeah i know exactly what we're going to do from here they might feel quite lost as well and Mm -hmm. it's okay to run with that and to not force it and say oh but you're the character you have to know (laughs) yeah because there's always like there's the two sides of it it's like either your characters don't know and you have to go through and figure out which one knows the most or all of them are trying to fight for like the front spot and they're, that they all have something to say. And so you're going to have to wade through and be like, okay, which we can touch on this again for a few different characters, but which one needs to start? And sometimes that just isn't clear right away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if, if you found the same, but I found when, I mean, I, I've said earlier I've plot I plot, but I normally always have a few moments somewhere in the book where I have where I don't really know what's gonna happen. Um so there you go. I'm definitely somewhere in between. <laughs> um but normally if I get to a point where my character also has no idea what needs to happen, or maybe she's traumatized and she just really needs a break, uh I let I let her have that moment and I basically just try to write through it and I just see what she does how she copes with the situation you know maybe she's taking a self-care day in the case i just let her have the self-care day and i just write through that because chances are that at some point while you're letting your character have the self-pity moment or whatever it is that's happening in their lives um they'll have some thought about oh at some point i should do this or maybe i need to call that person you know something might still come up so if you try to write through it 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 might still be that your character sort of fixes it anyway, even if your character has no idea going into the chapter what's going to happen. Exactly. I have totally done that where it's like, okay, I have to write today. I'm just going to pick somebody. And if I had to change it later, halfway through or add somebody into this, so be it. But I don't know. Like you just, you just write and you start and there's going to be like one line in there where you're like, yes, now I know exactly what is going to happen and where we need to go. Just trust your characters. Yes, always trust your characters. And if they are having a moment, let them have that moment. It's fine. It may actually be just the best thing. And honestly, showing your char- um your characters have the sad, vulnerable, heartbroken moment is only going to make your readers root for them more. So you can't really go wrong with showing that. 
Exactly. Like they makes them very relatable and shows them exactly what they're going through. Um, like it, it's like these little tidbits of vulnerability just really show that they are an actual person and not just a character on the page that is, you know, perfect and never has any issues and is just the strongest of the strong and nothing ever affects them. Like we need to see it affect them. We need to see the aftermath of whatever happened, whether it's good, bad, whatever. We need to see that even just a little bit here and there. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't covered yet? Any last minute tips on how to pants your book? Um, really, it just comes down to like get the minimum down that you need whether that's character names and like descriptions and then just trust your characters and play around with them. Let them speak. Let them tell you what they need to do. Don't try to force it. Just go with it and have fun with it. That's I think just the right place to end the episode on. That's excellent advice. Thank you so <laughs> much, Salin, for joining me for this chat. Um, I've learned in this that I probably pants a bit more than I like to admit. Um, I think we're pretty much on the same spectrum there. Just you pants a lot more and, and I plot a lot more. But really, we both have moments where, you know, you plot more than pantsers might like. And I probably pants more than some plotters would appreciate. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's nice like having that, like you can use the tools that other people yeah. have without like being fully them. Like you can you can mix and match. It's totally okay. Yeah, and honestly, we're all somewhere in between. So let's exactly. end it on this lovely wisdom. <laughs> and and um, thank you so much for listening. I hope that all of you have enjoyed this as well. Maybe both of these episodes. And um, yeah, if you want to hang out with us, then as always, our links are all in the show notes. So come and have a chat with us anytime. And um, keep writing, Sparrow. And remember that you only fail when you stop learning and trying. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>